Well, hello everybody. You're very welcome to today's Barbershop Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Cy Cregan. Of course, wherever, whenever, however you're listening to us, we've got real people from the real world telling their real life stories. So let's sit back, relax, and let's talk some Barbershop Banter. Well, hello everybody. You're very welcome to this week's episode of the Barbershop Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Cy Cregan. Um, as always, we try to get a podcast out to you every Thursday at 9am, either on YouTube or Spotify or Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, this week, guys, I'm going to attempt to do a solo podcast, so it's going to be me, myself and I. Um, it's a bit of a daunting task, um, but I'm going to try and keep you interested for at least a half an hour anyway. So, uh, firstly, I wanted to reflect on the last couple of months when I decided I was going to give this a bash. It was something I had thought about for a long, long time and eventually bit the bullet. So I guess the initial idea for me was that I was going to use my client base in the barbershop as my guests on the show. It was a means to stay in touch with people, but also a means to get some very, very interesting people, you know, talking on the microphone and actually, you know, telling people about their life story. Some stories were euphoric. Um, some people were professional sports people, turned business people. Some people in business for 30 years and swords, doing really well. And various different um, aspects of life. Um, I started out actually... My, my first podcast was actually with my mother. It was like a pilot episode. And she herself has her own interesting story about going back to education later in life and achieving a degree in English from Trinity College and then going back further in time when she used to do creative writing and done some work with Disney and, and the like. So that was a nice little foundation to get started. Um, I was then fortunate enough that a good friend of mine and client at the shop as well, Aaron Dempsey, boxing coach from Crumlin Boxing Club, he came on and gave a great story about his amateur time as a boxer when he was younger and then obviously having got married and had kids kind of stepped away from it and then as his kids now are kind of all left school and, 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 and matured and grown up, he's he's gone back to coaching and where it's where it's brought him. Um other people then like um former professional League of Ireland footballer and now CEO of a big company Brian Honan came on. Uh Richie McNamara from Richie's bike store in Swords came on. Um Paddy that works in the shop here with me um an old friend, colleague of his, who was an ex-professional jockey, Aegon Conlon, who's based out in Bath and Somerset in the UK now as a sports psychologist. He ultimately suffered a serious enough fall, and when he recovered from it and got back riding, he decided to change his life and went into sports psychology. So he's pursuing that now. And then, as a result of episode two with my boxing coach friend, the story which he told from the 1990s where he crossed paths with a guy who he actually beat, in the stadium in Dublin, but that guy went on to become a world champion boxer two times, and his name was Paulie Malinagi. And Paulie, through the jigs and the reels, was actually on last week's episode, and um, he was really, really an entertaining, interesting guy, and it was a great privilege to have him on, as it was to have everybody on over the, the last few weeks. Um, so, as I say, that's just a, a brief synopsis uh, reflecting on the first few weeks. Um, I didn't really explain, you know, an introductory kind of podcast to say what what it was all about, I just kind of jumped straight in and did the one with my mother and then just kept going. So this week is kind of just a week for reflection and a week for kind of, as I say, sharing my own thoughts and 
hopefully keeping people interested, you know. Um, when you have nobody to bounce off or to talk to, um, I suppose you're just trying to share what's going on in your own mind. And I guess the big elephant in the room is um, is COVID-19, you know, the virus, the lockdown, the vaccine. They're the three points that I, I've kind of broke it down into my head, you know. Um, obviously, we've, we have had and have the virus we're in lockdown and the vaccine has been rolled out um, to various different degrees in different places. And then hopefully the next stage will be coming out of lockdown and hopefully resuming normality. Um, I guess we're never going to go back to a pre-COVID world. We're going to be living in a, a post-COVID world, I guess. Um, and I think that's going to be a very different world um, to what we considered normal and I know that phrase the new normal gets bandied about and it really annoys me but I don't think we'll ever get back to the way we used to live um and funny I don't I don't know if it's if it was designed like this or if it's just this is how the the cards have fallen after the fact but I think we're going to be living in a very strange world and it'll take a while to adjust but like we say the new norm is what it is, and human beings have a, a great capacity to adapt and overcome and to get on with things, you know. So I guess that's what we're going to have to do. Um, I know there's various opinions out there. Some people agree with lockdown, some people don't. Some people think it's a massive overreaction to a virus that impacts the way it does in terms of numbers. Uh, some people think it's essential. Some people are afraid. Some people don't care. There's just a mixed bag of everything, you know. Um, it appears that the most vulnerable are people that are over a certain age at a certain time in their life. And if it catches a hold of them and they have any pre-existing issues or, or old age, it seems to be the last straw for some people, um, which is very sad. And it's 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 not something you want to be seeing every day in terms of statistics and numbers and figures because then people, human lives just become statistics, numbers and figures. And, you know, Every life is precious, and that's that's life, you know. Um, ultimately, we want to be out of this, and we want to be able to resume our normal lives, which is basically go to work, be with our families, go for a drink, go for dinner, bring your children to the cinema, bring them to the play centre, bring them to the playground, which I know you can do at the moment, but bring them to the playground with more of a sense of freedom and, 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 and safety and, and not you know, wearing this thing on your shoulders all the time, looking over and making sure they're not getting too close and so on and so forth. Um, Because no matter how much you try to detach yourself from this, it's just relentless. If it's not the news, it's Facebook. It's not even just mainstream media. You know what I mean? People are lending themselves to this and, and you know, giving it legs and it snowballs then. And then anybody that comes in with an alternative point of view gets hammered you know so it's just it's 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 a real mixed bag and it's very hard to to kind of make sense of what's really going on the reality is we are in a lockdown ultimately you know our our, our rights are gone i guess at the moment certainly being infringed upon um i don't know how to feel about it sometimes i don't really care but then when i want to go for a drive and maybe I'm going outside the 5k maybe it's bearing down on me I'm worried that I'm going to be stopped and you know it does put people in a state of tension stress and it's not good for people's mental health or physical health for that matter so it is having a toll bearing down on people and, and, and you know it does have a toll 
and uh, takes its toll, shall I say. And um, it's difficult for people. Then you have the reality of the reason I say I'm here again is because I was in an idle situation and I had thought about doing this for a while. Didn't know if I'd be any good at it. Still don't know if I'm any good at it. But I am trying and um, I've decided to do this. And because I'm not working, my business is closed. I'm not allowed to, you know, run my business. And I'm one of lots of different businesses that are in that same situation. At the same time, large-scale companies, Amazon, you know, in a global sense, obviously, they deliver their parcels. And then, obviously, in a local sense, Tesco, Aldi, Little, Duns, Super Value, all the bigger operators are operating away. And now I know they're selling essential items, food, etc. But still, there's a lot of people going into these places. And the same people are not allowed to go for a haircut. They're not allowed to go for to get their nails done. They're not allowed to go to the gym. They're not allowed to go for a swim. They're not allowed to go for a glass of wine. They're not allowed to have a coffee in a restaurant or in a cafe. They're not allowed to live, you know. Um, and, you know, it's just people's minds have been literally restructured in the last 12 months to accept, I think, almost less, less freedom, less freedoms. And uh, it's it's a worrying thing, you know. Um, for me, it is anyway. I, I honestly, I do worry about it. I think that talk of how we're going to proceed now coming into the summer in terms of travel, and the like, you know, vaccine passports. Um, you know, there seems that there seems to be a an idea that if you don't have a vaccine passport, then you won't be able to travel to another country, or if you don't have a PCR test within a few hours of going, or whatever it is, or if you've had the vaccine, the the virus, and you have the antibodies. So I think there's three different proposals that there could be three different types of rights of passage if that's the right term um but ultimately it's like if you don't have it there will be an element of discrimination in terms of not being able to access travel not being able to maybe apply for a job or not to be even considered for employment because the first question is do you have your your vaccine passport um for travel obviously you can have options i suppose you can have a, 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 a negative pcr test you know before you travel but if you go to get a job in the country you live in you know what are you going to be doing getting pcr tested every couple of days at, at a cost of whatever it's just not realistic so so there, there has to be kind of a you know and that there should be no discrimination of any 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 sort you know because the question could be raised you know about bodily integrity autonomy you know, and, and, and the principle, say, of consent to, a, say, a program of vaccination that, that would be put in place. So, um, that, that, as I say, to me, that's worrying, you know, the potential, the possibility of that, you know. I mean, if you watch any even old Hollywood movie about World War Two or about the Nazis or whatever, you know, stopping people on the street, where's your papers? You know, now some people will argue, well, this is a very different scenario and so on, but still... There has to be a certain amount of freedom that if it's if, if if it's taken away from us, then it's the last kind of vestiges of of real freedom as we know it, you know. Um in terms of even the powers that the police have at the moment and the fining system that's in place in Ireland and if you want to leave the country to go on holidays, they can fine you for going but they can't stop you. So they'll fine you five grand but they but they won't stop you from travelling. Um if you get caught, I guess, outside of your um your 5k or whatever it is, uh, without essential reasons, then yeah, at the discretion of the guards, you can be fine. I think it's 500 quid. Like, I mean, this is serious stuff, you know. Um, these are powers that the guards now have. Um, 
they are due to expire, I believe, sometime in early June, um, and it will be voted on again in the doll. So I would suggest that people contact our local TD and tell them that they want them to vote against this, the resumption or the continuation of these laws or powers, which will probably only be uh, tweaked further to make them more to make them more powerful. Um, so you need to tell your local guy that you do normally support, who you normally might vote for, that if it's, it comes up on his record that he voted for uh, this time around, that, you know you'll have to seriously consider not voting voting for him in the in the next general election. Um, I don't really know if, if that type of approach works because these guys, once they fulfil a certain time time period, they get a they get a they get a pension and they they're set for life anyway. So uh, look, I, I don't know. That's a whole new subject, you know. Ultimately, when these decisions are being made, they're never being made with the small man, the average Joe, in mind. The guys that make these decisions generally are not affected by them, you know, and that's just a reality of 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 there being a class difference, you know, political class and and. Rich, the rich class and then the average shows on the street uh, we pay the price generally so um, yeah look again I'm not trying to go down the road of bashing anybody or, but you've got to question how things have been done you've got to question even globally the response to it for like was it was it was it a measured reaction to this virus I don't think so I mean since the first lockdown okay the first lockdown we'll give them that right We'll give everybody that. I will say, okay, first lockdown, call it what you want. It was a learning curve. It was a panic. It was what it was. But a lot of countries since then have not locked down again. I mean, you go to the likes of the UAE. You look at Dubai as an example. Now, the weather's lovely in Dubai. Not that that really matters, I don't think. But you see people living in Dubai. The masks are mandated on the street everywhere. You have to wear a mask everywhere. Um, But when you go inside, when you go into a restaurant, you can take your mask off, you can sit down, you can have a meal. When you go into a gym, you can take off your mask. You can go and get a haircut with a mask on. You know, depending on, on, on the activity, you wear a mask if it's practical and you don't if it's not. I guess if there's social distancing in place and you're at a table on your own with your friend or your partner or whatever, having a meal, no one's around you for two metres and the, the, the waiter's probably wearing a mask anyway. So, um, But no, in this country, we just chose basically, except for the big people, we chose closure. And we've chose to wring the neck of the wet pub publican. I never heard a pub being called a wet pub in my life until this, but a wet pub publicans have had basically their necks strangled, really, um, from a bit in, in business terms. And it seems to be something that the government are very, very happy to do. I think, personally, there's been another motive there. I think maybe they've seen it as an opportunity to use this lockdown as a way of kind of culling the amount of pubs that we have, and therefore potentially culling people being introduced to pub life, pub culture. You know, if you're a teenager coming through, you don't go to the pub when you're 18 because you can't, or there's just, pubs are just not there, so you don't do it. Like you're not necessarily going to go and buy drink cans in the in the off-license. You might just choose a different activity. Um, I don't know, but it just seems that the wet pubs have been... Really hammered. Now, in fairness, we've been hammered as well. The hairdressing industry, the barber industry, the beauty industry, we've been hammered as well. And we have, you know, to rebuild after that, you know, because you have stuff like people in the hairdressing world, in the salon situation, you've got women who generally colour their hair on a regular basis, more so than men, doing their own colours at home, um, or getting other people to do them for them. You have, in the male situation, 
gents buying maybe their own clippers and starting to cut their hair through the first lockdown and continuing to do so. And stuff like people who maybe go to a salon, get their nails done, maybe have a friend that does it and they're doing it for them now and they're saying, you know, I don't need to go to that salon anymore. So what we're going to have is we're going to have businesses who will reopen faced with maybe a lot less going on than previously because people have recognised that maybe, you know, I don't need to go there four times a month or blah, 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 or whatever. I'm just saying people are maybe cutting their cloth and, and, and or, or, or saying, you know, I can actually save a lot of money by only doing this once a month instead of doing it twice a month or so on and so forth. And again, then people doing it at home themselves. So I even noticed after the first lockdown when we reopened, um, there was a lot of clients that I haven't seen again to this day. And they either bought a clippers. I'm just kind of, this is a, a, a guesstimation or an educated guess that they bought a clippers and their wife started giving them, a, you know, a post cut all over or something to that effect. And they said, you know what, Mary, that'll do nicely and that'll save me 15 quid a month or whatever it might be. So if you think about people making those decisions across everything that they do, even people now who've built bars out their back and are buying kegs in, you know, why would they ever return to a pub? They can have a place out the back, they can have their mates over, they can smoke in it, they can drink in it, they can watch what they want on the telly. If it's big enough for a pool table, they can play pool, they can play music. You know, we're going to see a whole change. This is why I said earlier on about having a post-COVID world as opposed to a pre-COVID, you know, resuming situation. We're going to have a whole new landscape, I think. Um, and some people will, as always, people, some, some people thrive, some people will fail. And, and that's the way the cookie crumbles, as I've said before, you know. So um, it's an interesting situation. Um, I really want to say to people out there that's in a self-employed situation where they're kind of snookered and can't work just stay the old saying stay strong you know um if you've made it this far you'll make it a little bit further i'm sure um and i wish people the really the best of luck with their endeavors and i hope that they can get themselves back on track um it's not going to be easy for some people and like i say you'll get some people that will hit the ground running um i heard a story about um a, some pet shop i don't know actually even where it is to be honest but this guy generally speaking, lived week to week, made a living, got on with his life, and during this lockdown, there's been a huge uptake in people buying pets, uh, fish, um, kennels, that kind of stuff, that that particular business has really rocketed, and they're doing pretty well, so I believe. Um, Also, Richie from Richie's Bike Store, who was on a few weeks ago, alluded to the fact that his industry has really benefited from the lockdown, because people have gone back to cycling, so bike repairs, bike sales, and all things bikes has, you know, really improved and he's seen the benefit of that so it seems that people who have been allowed to trade and allowed to stay open people have gravitated towards those places for whatever reason and then they've actually started to to either continued or started to do even better than they ever did so again that's a very interesting kind of idea that 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 can happen you know while other people just sit on the side and rot you know um and some people you know they've their mental health uh, gets worse and well another fella's making more money than he ever made in his life so I hope that people haven't found this too boring <laughs> and I, uh, I am looking forward to the next few weeks where I hope to invite some very nice guests on and look forward to having some nice conversations and hope that people will tune in and check out some of our previous episodes seven and all and look forward to having some more listeners in the future we're available of course, on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Barbershop Banter is the name. And I'm Cy Cregan from Bogey's Barbershop in Swords on the Rapid Road. So don't forget to drop into us after lockdown. And let us know what you think about the podcast while 
and giving it a fresh trim. So, um, again, just want to wish everybody well. For those that do listen, I want to thank you so much. And onwards and upwards, guys. Best of luck now. Take care.